0: This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Loeffler. And good day to you. This is Bob here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals like you, where we explain why everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong, and you will make lots more money and way less time by doing the exact opposite. So today's topic, oh my goodness, today's topic is pricing. I think we talked a little bit about that last time, if I'm not mistaken. So we're going to focus on this podcast and maybe another upcoming one on pricing. So I have noticed that there are – in fact, I had a conversation uh, yesterday with a – I was doing a complimentary coaching call. By the way, if you would like a complimentary coaching call, which means free, Ramon, are you on the line here, Ramon? I am indeed. See, uh, people say, is that Ramon guy real? Because he never talks. So we finally got him to talk. But people, I'm hoping at this point, uh, are we going to be breaking into any kind of math or calculator? Well, well, there will be math. Oh, yes. I can't wait. You'd fear not. We will ice the crowd with math. So I'm talking to this guy yesterday, and he says, "Oh, I was rookie of the year in my office because I took, I forget how many listings." And I said, uh, "How many of those listings sold?" He goes, "Well, none of them sold." And that's it. That's not an all that uncommon problem. Is an agent will go and get listings. They don't have a problem getting listings. They're good with people. They're telling the people what they want to hear, but they can't get saleable listings at fair market value. And uh, so that's a problem. So one of the uh, awarenesses that I would want you to have is the rewards of overpricing are few. If you want to have a life of torture, one great way to do that is have a bunch of sellers with overpriced listings asking you week after week, how come my house hasn't sold? How come my house hasn't sold? <laughs> that, my friends, is torture. So, there is a counterintuitive choice in pricing, and it it goes like this: if you are in, you know, you have a choice between sell your house for a discount versus sell your house for more than it's worth. So I would just have you all write that down. Here's two choices. You know, Life doesn't give you what you want. It gives you options. So one choice is sell your house for a discount and the other choice is to sell it for more than it's actually worth, more than fair market value. So if you're in no hurry to sell your house, you're probably going to end up selling it at a discount. If you want it to sell really quickly, you're probably going to sell it for more than it's worth. Now that is counterintuitive to most sellers. So I had a coaching student one time. Uh, He had a house that was, uh, you know, I think it was worth like ninety nine thousand dollars, and they were he was cold calling, and the. Uh, seller said, uh, yes, I am thinking of selling my house. As a matter of fact, it's in foreclosure and they're going to be taking it away in one week. So he's five, seven days away from having his house taken away. So uh, the agent calls me and says, what do I do? I said, well, list it for sure it listed at forty nine nine and uh, you have to sell it for cash you have to sell it as is and you have to sell it uh, you know no home inspection and they have to close in two or three days and they have to have a hundred percent non refundable earnest money the whole amount of the sales price is the earnest money so um, so it, Again, he listed it. Now, fair market value is ninety nine nine. In other words, at a hundred thousand asking price, you would get one showing a day, and uh, it would sell at ninety nine. If you were listed it at ninety nine nine, it would take no more than thirty days to sell it at ninety nine. So that's the definition of fair market value. But they didn't have that kind of time, so he listed it for forty nine nine, and in less than 24 hours they had you know 30 offers all cash and they bid it up to 130,000 and closed in 3 days so if the seller had said oh i'm in no hurry it would be very likely that they would have priced it at 115 and ended up selling it for 85 or 90 but because he had to sell fast He ended up getting way, way more than it's worth. It's a counterintuitive choice. So when people say, oh, we're not in any hurry, it's very common that a seller would say, oh, you know, Bob, I'm not really in any hurry. What What does that really mean? What it really means is I don't want to sell my house at a discount. When a seller says to you, I don't have to sell – What does that really mean? Well, that really means we're not going to sell. But when they say we're not in any hurry, that means, yeah, we're going to sell, but we don't want to sell at a discount. So you have to hear what they're really saying. And that has been my experience. So you say to me, Bob, we're not in any hurry. Go ahead and say it in your car, wherever you're listening, even the cool people. Yeah, Bob, we're not in any hurry. Okay, so if I were to offer you double what your house is worth tomorrow? Would you – cash, would you take the money tomorrow? Oh, you would? Well, isn't that proof that you actually are in a hurry? See, I know that when they say we're not in any hurry, that that's not what they're really saying. They're saying we don't want to sell our house at a discount. So you just have to have the right question to ask and always get your question answered. And And call them on their baloney is the way I would would say it. So again, we're not in any hurry. Well, if I were to give you twice what your house is worth tomorrow in cash, would you take the money tomorrow? Of course we would. Well, isn't that proof you are in a hurry? What you really meant to say is that you don't want to sell your house at a discount because now we know you are in a hurry, right? Yeah. That's what we meant to say. Okay. So I like to just make sure we're communicating with people. So when I was uh, uh, in real estate for a number of years, I you know, noticed some things about pricing and the way people are and I was going to sell my own house. So – I decided – now I knew some things uh, about selling houses because I had been selling houses for a number of years. So one thing I knew is that if you overprice the house, you're going to sell it for less money than if you underpriced the house whether you did either one of those things accidentally or on purpose. So it's not very uncommon that you would see an agent underprice the house. Now sometimes they'll get a bunch of offers when the house is underpriced and they'll still sell it too cheap because they don't know what to do with those offers. So we're going to fix that. Uh, Sometimes you see people accidentally overprice a house and then it expires at that price and then the seller badmouths that agent all over town and then they get a new agent and then they – price it at a lower price but it's still a little overpriced and then they end up accepting an offer that's clearly below fair market value but they have to sell and that's the only offer they got so they thought, well, I better take it and that's how you end up losing money. So I didn't want that when I sold my own house. When I I sold my own house, I've been a realtor for years, I go, I know that when you have people bidding against each other. On my house, I'm going to get more money for it than if I have no people that want to buy the house bidding against each other or if I only have one offer. It's a high likelihood if there's a bunch of people that want to buy it, I'm going to get a higher price. So I knew that. you know. So I said to my – eight now I listed my house with another agent because I wanted to be able to say to my customers, hey, I've been you. So when I got into real estate, I charged 7 percent. No one else did but I did and I never discounted my commission even one time and so I listed my house with another agent. She happened to be my business partner but still and I paid her 7 percent and I listed my house for one year. I knew it wasn't going to take more than a month but I, I listed it for one year and uh And then I uh, said to her, I said, I want to do an experiment and what I want to do is we're going to start at this price which is high, which is not what I would recommend to you, although you could do this. But I started at this price that was high and then I said, every two weeks, I want you to lower the price by $5,000 and don't tell me about any offers that you get until – you get multiple offers. So when you get multiple offers, you bid them up as high as you can and when you're done bidding them up as high as you can, and I gave her the words to do that, which she already knew. And then I would make a decision on whether to sell my house or keep it forever, but those would be my choices. So, I thought, let's see, let's see what happens. So, it works fantastic, okay? It absolutely worked fantastic. So who was the winning bidder on my house? Well, it happened to be a licensed real estate agent. She was buying it for a rental uh, and she grossly overpaid for my house and she was happy to be the winning bidder. So I said to my partner agent, I said, hey, that worked great, didn't it? She goes, wow, that really did work great. I said, well, if that's a good idea for me, uh, are you going to do it when you sell your house? She goes, I absolutely am going to do that. And by the way, she did. I said, well, if it's a good idea for me and it's a good idea for you, why wouldn't we do that for all of our sellers? And she said, because you can't talk them into it. I said, really? Ramon, can you imagine she said that? I, the fearless agent? Can you That is definitely hard to believe. She was psychotic, I I think. Psychotic episode. So I I said, I'm going to come up with a presentation that will cause every buyer, every seller, at the end of the presentation, they're going to say, why don't we just underprice our house right off the bat? So I'm not going to start high and have them come down. I'm going to start low and go up. So she had some doubts of whether I could do that. Well, I'm kind of a presentation guy as you might have noticed by now if you've listened to the upper other episodes of the podcast. So I came up with a presentation that's going to cause that to happen. Now, you guys who are fearless agent coaching students of mine – you have the distinct disadvantage of not knowing the objections that the fearless agent pricing presentation was designed to handle. So here they are. You can write them down. So one of them is sellers will say, you know, let's let's lower the price. Like maybe you have an existing listing. And they say, well, let's lower the price, but I don't want to do it that low. So I came up with a little – uh, I call it the railroad track, so you can just write down railroad tracks, so one pricing objection is uh i want to lower the price let's say you're at uh one ninety nine and they go, yeah, I don't want to lower the price to uh one ninety four nine let's lower it to one ninety six or something like that okay that's kind of a the example I would use, so you want to get them below that next five thousand or ten thousand dollar pricing thing. So I use a little thing called the railroad tracks. The other one they say is, well, I think my house is worth X. Or, well, the other agent said my house is worth X. Okay. So I'm going to have you write down N-C-W-W-T. When they say, well, I think my house is worth X, or the other agent said my house is worth X, then you write down N-C-W-W-T. Uh, another one they say is, well, my house has to be worth X because I owe X. Or I ha- my, my house has to be worth X. I bought it new two years ago and paid X, okay? So I have a little thing, a little story called the three houses story. Um, another one is just what I would call the foundational principle of pricing. So I have these little up and down arrows that I draw on a legal pad and then there's two jobs that you would have and then there's two choices that you have as a seller and then there's two stories that I tell that illustrate the point. And, and sometimes people will say, well, if we ask this amount down here, then they'll offer even less down here. And so those stories illustrate that point. So that's kind of how – so what I did in all the presentations are built this way, Fearless Agent. I wrote down on three-by-five cards every dumb thing I had ever heard from a seller. Now, buyers have a whole separate thing, a bunch of dumb things, right? Investors, they have a whole bunch of other dumb things. But let's just talk about sellers, OK? They say things you don't want to hear them say. So I said, there are things that sellers say that I don't, want, I don't ever want to hear them again. So what are those things? Well, I just wrote them down. They're objections. They're dumb ideas. They're dumb things that that agent or uh, sellers say. I don't want to hear them anymore. So I created a little vignette, a little story that crushes that dumb idea, crushes that objection, crushes my competition and then I arrange them in a logical order and then you end up with a presentation and then there's a nice close at the end, a magic question that's asked at the end that gets them to make the right choice. So some of those dumb ideas, some of those objections, some of those crazy things they say have to do with pricing and some of them don't. The ones that don't have anything to do with pricing, they're in the listing presentation. The ones that do have to do with pricing only are in the pricing presentation. And then we follow the The principle of you never talk commission until they're sold on the price. You never ever talk price until they're sold on the idea of listing their house with you tonight. And then you never ever talk about you or your company or how great you are as an agent until they're sold on the idea of using an agent. In other words, if they're a for sale by owner – you have to sell them on using agents, an agent. When they're sold on that idea, only then would you give your listing presentation, which crushes all the dumb ideas and the, and the competition and the objections. And then when they're sold on listing their house with you tonight based on that, then you would talk price and you would give the pricing presentation. And at the end of the pricing presentation, they have to say – why don't we just underprice our house right off the bat? And if they don't say that, then that means I screwed up or I'm talking to somebody who's not a real seller. And if I did screw up, I didn't screw up in the pricing presentation. I screwed up in the four questions in the listing presentation, which you heard about on a previous episode. So that's that's how that works. So we got to live by those principles. So – I draw little visuals when I'm doing the pricing presentation. So the uh, uh, first one is the railroad track. So I would have you. We'll spend a little time on this. We'll see how far we get here. But I just want you to learn about pricing. So what draw, is that you have on on the table there? That is that actual, actual paper. Yeah, you haven't seen this in a while. You're. What, are you a millennial? No. Gen X. That's, how about that? I don't even know what that is. So we have this paper. Now I would use paper when I go on a. Would I ever do a fearless agent presentation on a tablet? No, that would be insane. Would I ever use a laptop computer? No. Would I ever do Zoom if they were uh, not a face-to? No, I would use the phone and I would have the paper in front of me. So, draw a horizontal line that goes left to right for those of you who've been educated in a public school. And then in the middle, draw a little railroad track right in the middle, and then one to the right of that, and a little one to the right of that. So, vertical little shorter lines, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six. I got six of them. So, in the middle, I would have my definition of fair market value after I did my current market analysis okay so I use in the uh, I use 185,000. now these days in many parts of America there are no houses that would sell for 185 unless it's a one-bedroom condo uh, in Flint, Michigan do you know what the difference uh, between the disease AIDS and a one-bedroom condo in Flint, Michigan is Ramon? I'm afraid of the answer. You might be able to get rid of the disease of AIDS. But anyway, that's beside the point. So 185, we're just going to use it to illustrate my point. Now, if you work in a different price range, higher, probably, you would use a different different number. So below the middle railroad try that's vertical, You write 185, and to the left of that, you're going to write 180, and to the left of that, you're going to write 175. To the right of the 185, you'll write 190, 195, and then 200. Okay. So, people, the point of this, and again, we're trying to crush the objection, the dumb idea of somebody saying, well, if we're priced at like like let's say you have a, a listing and you're priced at 190, okay? And they say, yeah, I I'll lower the price, Bob, but I don't want to lower it to 185. Let's do 187, okay? Well, that's psycho. So we're we're here to explain how the MLS works. The way the MLS works is people tend to think in round numbers, right? But it's more important in real estate because what happens is the buyer gets pre-approved for a monthly payment, not a loan amount. They get pre-approved for a monthly payment. And then you take out your HP-12C right here. I got the HP-12C right here, Ramon. And then you plug in the amounts and then you come up with the maximum loan amount and it's never a round number and then you take all the money that they beg borrowed and stole from the mamas and the papas and the aunts and the uncles remember the mamas and the papas remember that I do. all the leaves are brown Isn't california the, dreaming california dreaming so they you take all the money that they beg borrow and stole from the mamas and the papas and the aunts and the uncles that's the down payment and then you add it to the loan amount and it's never a round number but because the real estate agent they're working with is human or close to it in some cases they're never going to type in 183 and below when they do their search. They're going to type in, I want this, I want this many bedrooms, I want that, and they're not going to type in 197 and below. They're not going to type in 202 and below. That's not how it works. They are going to type in 200 and below, 195 and below, 190 and below, 185 and below. Now, in a higher price range, When you get above 300, once you get above 300, the fives and the tens go away. It's 25s, 75s, 50s, and 100s. So in your middle thing, above it or below 185 if you want, write uh, write, uh, 375. Below that would be 350. To the left of that would be 325. To the right of the 375, which is in the middle, it would be 400, 425 and so on. Now when you get above 500, the 25s and the 75s tend to go away. When you get up to 800 for sure, no one is searching 825 and below. It just doesn't work that way. If they're not finding what they like at 850, they're going to go to 900. If they're not finding what they like at 800, they're not going to go to 825. They're going to go to 850 when they raise their search amount, which every buyer does. When you get above a million, there are no in-betweens on the $100,000 price break. So it's 1.1, 1.2, 2.8, 2.9, that kind of thing. So that's how people search. So we're explaining that. So back to one eighty-five. So in any one of these little slots between the railroad tracks, you know, above a hundred, how many or above two hundred, how many age, how many buyers are swimming around out there considering buying a house like yours in this area? You know, maybe none. How many between one ninety-five? and 200, you know, maybe none. Between 190 and 195, maybe there's three. Between 185 and 90, maybe there's eight. And below 185 and maybe there's 35, and you get to 175 and 180, there's 135, and you get down to $1, American, and everybody on planet Earth is there. So as you lower the price – you get not twice as many you get eight times as many it makes a huge impact in the number of people you are no longer invisible to that's the way that pricing the 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 pricing breaks work okay at 375 you know above 425, how many are there? Maybe none. Above 400, how many are there? Maybe there's one. Above 375, maybe there's five. Below, above 350, or below 375 and above 350, there's 35. Below 350, there's 135 and you get down to a dollar and everybody's there. So that's the way it works. So you tell that little story up front – so that when you do business with me, we don't have to wonder how we're going to be priced. We just need to wonder which one of these price breaks will it be that we are going to be priced. So that's the idea. So if you see – and you see this all the time. You'll see a listing priced at $186,000 in the MLS. Well, they're actually asking one ninety. dollars and they're just giving away $4,000 of their seller's money and they're not getting any new buyers for it. Because if you were a buyer and you fell in love with my house at 186 if you were willing to see it at 186 you would also be willing to look at it at 189 Nine. That wouldn't scare you away. But if you fell in love with it, at 186, you're not going to offer me 190. So you're giving away money that you don't need to be. So key concept that – I mean obviously the realtors who are priced that way. So a little rule of thumb and we're going to end on this. One rule of thumb is never, ever be priced just above a $5,000, $10,000 – $25,000, $50,000, $75,000, $25,000, $50,000 or $75,000 or a $100,000 increment. Never be priced that way. So if you are close, which are the big ones? The 100, the 200, the 300, the 400, the million, right? Those are the big ones. If you, you move heaven and earth to be priced below the big ones, okay? So for, if you're ever close to a 25, don't be on the high side of it. If you're ever close to a 50, don't be on the high side of it. If you're ever close to a 100, for goodness sakes, don't be on the high side of it. Always be just below. So there is no such thing as being priced as a fearless agent at $330,000. That is out of the question because you're actually asking 350. You would be at three twenty dollars but you would never be at 330 or 340 it's crazy be at 3499 or 3249 if those are your choices be at 3249 so one of the morals to the story of the fearless agent pricing presentation is there is no risk in underpricing your house unless you're too eager to take the first offer that comes along if Any of what we talk about on this podcast, by the way, makes sense to you, as unlikely as that probably is. But if any of it does make sense to you and you happen to be earning less selling real estate than you wish you were and you're open to the idea of having some help, if you would like to learn more, you can always call me anytime at 480-385-8810. That's my cell phone number. And we will just see if you and what you're trying to do and what we do at Fearless Agent, if it would be a good fit for you. If it is, you'll get rich. If it's not, we'll just admit that. And I'm still happy to help you in other ways. So toll-free, day or night, 480-385-8810. I love talking to realtors, so I don't want you to think you're bothering me. Please do not email to me or text me because I'm teaching you that the the money is flying out of the phone. Phone is where sales happen. So always call me, 480-385-8810. If you can't afford coaching uh, but you wish you could, please go to fearlessagent.com and watch our 45-minute webinar. Take lots of notes. Go to the video training page. Watch those videos. Uh, You can listen to this. Please subscribe to this podcast at fearlessagentpodcast.com. Go to FearlessAgent.tv and subscribe to the videos. And my guarantee is all the free training that we give will be much better coaching for free than you would pay any other coach in America any amount of money. And if you ever have a question, you can always call me because we want to help you for free so you can afford the coaching as soon as possible. So I, we, I have many, many people that have listened to the podcast and they call me and they say, hey, I tripled my income just by listening to the podcast. Now I'm ready for coaching. Uh, So, anyway, the thing I want to remember is I want to thank you for joining us today. Please do uh, give us a five-star rating of the podcast on iTunes and get a friend and tell them about fearlessagentpodcast.com. And until next week, where we will again talk about pricing some more. Until then, have fun, be humble, but always be fearless. Thanks again.